0: Welcome to School of the Rock, a podcast about faith, culture, evangelization. My name is Father Bobby Blood, and I'm here as always with the one and only producer, Nick Senovich. Father Blood, what's up? Dude, living the dream. We're in person, which is pretty awesome. It's really nice. I know. We had to do it before the... The, the Delta variant is uh, spiking on the old internets. That's right. So we got we to gotta get together before we're told we're not allowed to anymore. That's right. I don't want to be part of the point zero eight breakthrough
1: cases, you know? Right.
0: Yeah. I, I always say you're ahead of the curve, so... Right. Find the curve
1: to get ahead of the curve
0: yeah we got to hang out last night
1: we did at the lombardi club in rockford illinois so
0: classic 10-year
1: reunion 10-year reunion yeah my parents got married at the verdi club which for those that are not from rockford listening is you know one of the three italian clubs in rockford you got the lombardi you've got the verdi and you've got the uh venetian venetian then you got saint ambrosia club maybe there's four it's um, probably more.
0: There is probably more than that we're not even privy to know about,
1: right? There is like
0: the, the inside sort of
1: Italian club, people playing bochi in somebody's basement, right? Right, smoking stogies. Yeah, that's where people get whacked. I feel.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, both you and I, we kind of loved high school. I know that high school is a divisive sort of event, but I think both of us kind of th- think of it fondly.
1: We do, and you—you uh, know—you've been in Rockford the past two years, so you were, you know, close to Boylan, which is uh, the high school we grew up at. So you've kind of been in the Rockford scene for a few years. I've been kind of out of the Rockford scene for a little bit, but we both had—we both had fun at the uh, at the reunion.
0: We did. It was great to just kind of see where people are, what they've been up to. Um, I would say what, like a third of our class came.
1: Yeah, I think I think about a third. It's not bad. That sounds about right. Huh.
0: Yeah, but it was a lot of fun, and it got us thinking. We were, we're driving back, just kind of that act of nostalgia. It's just kind of um, it's one of those things that's hard to define, but we all know the experience of just kind of feeling those those warm fuzzies of like something that was familiar at one time,
1: right? Which is, you know, I feel like there's. I'm sure Webster's dictionary has a definition of nostalgia, but like part of me, you know, part of me thinks that that's that doesn't even capture what it is because nostalgia. You know it when you feel it. Yeah. It's very much a feeling. Like, I'm sure I haven't watched the new Space Jam, but I'm guessing even if you didn't like it that much, it was a nostalgia grab. Like, you, you, you feel like a child when you watch that or like what your childhood was.
0: Yeah. And you remember what it felt like the first time. Even when we were driving over to the reunion yesterday, like, I pulled up an old retreat playlist from the good old days. And uh, it was just fun to kind of reminisce about those emotions you had as a sophomore going on retreat for the first time. And we've been through a lot of life since then, but there's still such a special place that that time holds.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, again, like, it's not something that you can, you can like describe, but you kind of know it. And it, like you said, it, it brings you back to a place that, and it brings you back to emotions that you didn't know you could still feel in a certain sense. Right. Um, and I think it can be tempting. And I'm always tempted to like live in nostalgia but I don't think it's, it's a place that you can live forever.
0: No. I've been thinking a lot about like friendships and there's the, the whole thing where when you get together with old friends, it's a lot of catching up. It's, it's like, uh, you know, I'm doing this now, I'm doing that now. But then there's the, the part where you slide into, remember when this thing happened, remember this story, remember when, you know, we did this thing we shouldn't have and you laugh and it's fun. But if that's the only thing you talk about, it gets so boring so fast. Um, it's fun, and you laugh, and you remember, and that's a good thing, I think. But then where do you go from there? Um, and it, it's such a such a del- delicate balance. And
1: I think it is important to be able to reminisce, but I think what, what you said is makes a lot of sense to me, that you can't live in that place forever because you're right, it gets boring. It's not as fun. Um, and ultimately, I think true friendships are based on you know, meeting somebody where they are today and, and living as friends today and being intentional today in this moment. And if, if it's just friendship based on nostalgia, or if that's all it is, is reminiscing about the good old days or like this and that, that's fun. That's great. And you can laugh a lot, but then ultimately you're not really moving forward.
0: I even noticed last night, just uh, when you're, you're putting these places of, you know, Perspective nostalgia, like this reunion, just to realize how different I am than I was. Like, uh, before my head hit the pillow, I was just kind of thanking the Lord for the fun we had. And, um, but I, just to kind of think about what was it like, you know, how do would I compare it to my existence now? It's just like Donut Sunday, you know, you go from table to table, you make a little small talk, you, you might, Cut a joke, then you move to the next spot. It's just kind of—it's fun to be able to bring my priestly life and my own sort of perspective of things back to a group of people that I cared for at a different time in a different way.
1: Right, but people seem to to know where you where you're at. Like you're, you know, you're so big on social media. Well, the, the
0: power of the internets
1: the power of the internet.
0: What's funny is I I don't know if I just don't read enough, but I did not know a lot of what they're doing. <laughs> I know if they have children, right? I know what the like state they live in if they're married, but yeah, I don't know what they do for their nine to five. Like, oh, you do HVAC now; that's awesome, right? right. Just, uh, nah. But we're for Con Ed, right? Right. One of them did. Yeah, what's he? Is uh, pretty cool. Yeah, he seemed pretty pretty proud of it. Yeah, but beyond like um, that unique situation, like the spirit, I feel like you're a pretty nostalgic guy when it comes to like movies and music. You're an old school guy.
1: I'm an old school guy. Yeah, I, I definitely, I think, you know, I like to listen to a lot of Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin and especially listening to Frank Sinatra. It's not totally out of nostalgia, but there is an element of I have vivid memories of being six years old in the summertime and my cousin would come over because he, my mom would babysit him during the summer times and we would listen to Frank Sinatra like every morning when, when he was dropped off. And we had this Capitol Records, Frank Sinatra CD, and we would listen to X, Y, and Z song. And those, and I and I rediscovered that music like late high school, early college. Like I, I, I bought an album. Um, and so about 10 years ago, like I rediscovered that. And so it's, it was nostalgic for me at that time. And I was like all these memories, but now like Frank Sinatra has been, Like, it it in a weird way, it moved from nostalgia to, like, I just enjoy listening to this music. And it was weird how something that started as nostalgia moved to, like, this is a part of me. This is a part of the music that I like to listen to. Um, And I think the same thing sometimes with movies. Like, I've returned to movies that I liked as a kid, and I was like, why did I like that, you know? Um, And it still gives me that feeling, but at the same time, uh, it brings me back to a different place when I thought differently, when I felt differently,
0: and sometimes it doesn't hold up. No, I recently watched the original Space Jam. It's so short. We watched it together. Yeah, it's, it's like seventy-six minutes. Yeah, it it just felt like a much bigger deal when it was like the movie I went to go see in theaters. Yeah, um, and I think sometimes like Space Jam is a good example of like everything around
1: Space Jam, like the idea of Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny hanging out, like. Bill Murray and Newman from Seinfeld, like being in a movie together was cool. Yeah. But
0: then you watch it and you're like, nothing really happens. No, very, very short, uh, short film. Yeah. But, but to go back to like your, your perspective with the, the music and the movies, I think that's something that maybe we don't name often enough because it is something that's hard to grasp. Like this idea of nostalgia, like, and we don't really know it until it comes. Like, um, I wonder if everybody has that sort of sense of nostalgia. Is that a thing that everybody experiences or I just know some people, let's say that they had an upbringing they're not too keen on, right? Maybe their parents weren't very solid or maybe they didn't love you know their friend groups or whatever. So maybe they try and block out the past because they're like a negative nostalgic feelings. How does that sit? Do you think it's just kind of is it like a negative nostalgia, a positive nostalgia?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I've never really thought about negative nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that if you had a time when you were sad in sixth grade and then you hear that song that, you know, brings you back in a sad way, I think there is a negative nostalgia. But I think that, um, I think one way of not purifying nostalgia, but thinking about it in a way that moves beyond just like sentimentality is kind of what you were doing last night. Like we had this experience of, our, our high school reunion and you went back and you thought about that moment and you were grateful for it and so i think nostalgia move, like moving past and i don't always do this but moving past the feeling and the sentimentality is to recognize it as a moment of grace that the lord is like in a certain sense speaking to us in that moment mm-hmm. he's bringing us back to this moment in eighth grade when we felt x y and z and we can allow christ to come into that moment and invite him in to say either say thank you or to say like there's still hurt here. There's still pain here. You know, what do I do with this? And so I think that's one way of thinking about like, how how can nostalgia be more than a feeling, more than something just that we experience in a fleeting moment and actually something that we can bring the Lord into.
0: And I think there's a fear to sometimes return to where we've been. Um, this past week uh, I was on the show you produce and we we're just kind of talking about friendship and I was just thinking about how it's difficult sometimes to be vulnerable with our interior reality sometimes we're just so involved in the current moment or uh, the expectation we feel about the future um, that we don't take the time to be honest about what what is the now making me feel what is the future making me feel and what we're talking about today when we reflect on the past, what is that making you feel? And to be honest and vulnerable about what our experience is. Because it's easy to want to just push through. I think that's the, that's the whole thing. That's what my Sunday homily has been for the last, like, 14 weeks. I keep uh, jumping from parish to parish. I can just reuse the hits. Right. But I, but I, but I think it's true. There's something about um, taking the time to slow down and uh, be honest about what these things make us feel and experience but that's hard. Right? Mm-hmm. It's scary because what if, what if I see something I don't like? What if I realize that there's something broken in me that hasn't yet been fixed? I don't want to deal with that. I'd rather just keep moving. Mm-hmm. But even in the moments of feeling broken down, right there is we get where we get to meet Christ. Right yeah. today, as we're recording, it's the feast of Saint Ign- Ignatius of Loyola, which who's like a pretty legit saint, right? pretty legit in the life of the church. So he's got his spiritual exercises. He, he founded the Jesuits. He's he's the real deal. He did a lot of awesome things for the church. But what brought him to that point? Well, he got injured, right? Cannonballed to the leg, and it was on his back in a place where he couldn't do very much, where he fell in love with the person of Christ through the scriptures and the life of the saints. And so I think that even that's sort of an invitation to... Um, allow passivity to be a moment of encounter with Jesus so that when we move forward to the active reflection on life, uh, we have something to give. Absolutely. Um, and
1: I and I think that what you're saying about St. Ignatius is interesting too because um, we don't live the Christian life, and we've kind of talked about this um, a few times on the podcast. We don't live it in isolation, right? We live it in the context of friendship. And I think... Understanding who the saints are is an is an important way for us to live the life of faith. Um, and, and I think St. Ignatius too um, brings us the discernment of spirits. And that's such an important life of the church. And I think that's one one thing we can bring into this conversation of nostalgia, in which we already have, and we can kind of name it, is what does an experience from my past bring up for me? And how is the Lord speaking to me in this particular instance? So, yeah, I think it is kind of important that we're, we're celebrating this feast on today. And we're going to go um, to Mass later with one of our buddies celebrating a, a belated first priestly Mass.
0: Yeah, so he's been a priest for a year, but now we're going to celebrate it. And there's a certain groaning in that, I think, in the man, right? Because you've been so busy with work, and now we have to pause and celebrate something that seems so distant. A year is a long time. But it's important, kind of what we're getting at. Um in the practical, though, we, we always want to kind of bring things back down to the foundation. What are some ways that we could maybe engage with this interior reflection of life? Um, what are some ways that we might be able to sanctify our day in that way? Any thoughts on kind of being open to receive whatever graces might might be offered to us here? Yeah, I think if we go to the, the St. Ignatius
1: aspect of, you know, continue with that, with his example for us, this is something that I struggle with, really do, but I think is in, when I do do it, it, it's significant for me, is a kind of examine at the end of our day, an examination of conscience, an examination of consciousness, whatever you want to call it. And that's such a beautiful way for us to consider what happened on this day and what our experience of that day was, and how did we respond to Christ, and how did we reject Christ during that day? Um, and then I think th- when we do those two things, The Holy Spirit kind of enlightens us to where we can move forward tomorrow. We can look forward to the graces that the Lord has for us tomorrow. And gosh darn it, if I don't do it often enough, and I don't mean often enough like this is an obligation in a negative way, but I'm saying like this is a way for me to encounter the Lord and consider the graces of my day. And I just would rather just let my head hit the pillow kind of a thing
0: because it's so hard if a week passes or a month passes to take the time to think about, Oh, where's the, where of the, where's the grace been, where have the blessings been. It's hard to name because then we come up with like generic things like, well, I'm grateful for my family and I'm grateful for my friends and I'm grateful for my job. And those are good things to be grateful for. But there's something about at the end of the day, realizing there were moments of grace encounter, even tiny little moments of encounter. Like, I remember talking to the old lady walking into the grocery store and she told me a little about her son. Right? That's something I'm going to forget the next day. Right. I-, I wish I wouldn't, but I will. Um, the moment where um, uh, like today I got to say mass at uh, a, a different parish and just to see the great community come to daily mass was really beautiful for me. I come into a new community and just see people dedicated to the Eucharist and Three days from now, I'm probably going to forget about it. But to take that moment today and say, oh, these are worth taking note of. And you know what? I think a lot of people who live the faith, uh, push comes to shove. You ask them, where has Jesus Christ worked in your life? That's a hard question. Unless we take the time to realize he's actually active in our daily life in ways that maybe we don't give him credit for.
1: Because we kind of think, how did I incorporate Christ into my day? But what you're trying to say is like, Christ is incorporating His life into my day, which is different than us. It's sort of like we're, like we're being nice enough to think about Jesus, but it's like no, Jesus is a savior and has given Himself to us and does so actively every single day.
0: Right. It's it's the dynamic of you know where did I go to serve the poor today versus where did Christ Himself serve my own poverty. Or where did Christ serve the poor through my broken self? He's a part of it. And I think this is a huge selling point for the faith that I think maybe we're missing out on when it comes to evangelization. Like when we see people kind of um, fall away from the church or very gently kind of like stop living the faith, partly it's gotta be because they took their eyes off the prize, right? If, If you're not taking the time to realize that the person of Jesus is actually alive in my life, then what's the point? If we're just doing Catholic stuff because it's the thing to do or it's the way we were raised or, you know, even if it's as extreme as I believe it's the true church, all good things, but it's the person of Christ, right? He's actually listening to you. He's actually pr- providing his life to you through through grace, through the sacraments, through encounter, through, if you ask for it right now, you could lavish it upon you without any other questions asked, right? Um, but it's a hard thing to remember.
1: Yeah, it's not the stuff. It's not the externals. Um, And the externals are good, like praying the rosary or doing X, Y, and Z devotion or having a conversation with something about the Lord. But those, I think you're right. Those things are secondary to the fact that like Christ is present and comes to us. And I think that's when I go astray is when I forget the fact that like, no, 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 Jesus is actually working in my life. And whatever situation, frustrating or happy, like he's present and he hasn't abandoned us. And all those things are, you know, should help us to recognize that reality. Like we pray the rosary so we can meditate on the life of Jesus and be more convinced of his love for each and every one of us because we've thought about his life.
0: Right. And to realize that the things he did on that one singular walk on Calvary is still winning graces today. And to kind of tie this back to our original point. Those moments where we feel the warm, fuzzy nostalgia. I think is maybe a tip of the cap from the Lord to say, I was there. And that can be difficult to admit because maybe you're a lot further ahead in the faith now than you were back when. Or maybe, you know, when you were a kid or when you were a young person, you didn't uh, really engage with the person of Christ. But that doesn't mean he wasn't a part of it. And so when we look back on our life, when we reflect on the beautiful moments and the difficult moments and the simple moments, uh, it's worth noting that God was doing something then. And if he didn't, we wouldn't be where we are now. And so whether it's a positive or a difficult sort of memory, these feelings that come up, to realize Christ was there, and now Christ is here. And so as we experience these memories, to realize that he's encountering those memories with you in the present moment in a new way, and he's gracing it, he's blessing it, he's setting it apart for something special. Um, and then that to have the hope that when we encounter the person of Jesus, we're then given the grace to accept the mission. And that's the forward thinking. So we go from a memory to encountering that memory with Jesus in the present moment and the hope of the mission that Jesus is sending us on. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. And it's kind of what the
1: mass is, right? There's, we begin with the first reading, which is typically from the Old Testament, which is in a certain way um, remembering the graces of the Lord and how he was you know, faithful to his people Israel. The um, second reading from St. Paul re- reflecting on, you know, the, the mission of the early Christians, the gospel, you know, the life of Christ himself. And then we become, you know, we become in a certain sense um, at, the, at the Last Supper, present at the Last Supper, which is a memory becoming a reality in a real way. And then we're sent forth. So it's a a remembrance of what Christ has done. We're brought back to a particular moment in the sacrifice of Jesus.
0: And then we're called, you know. Yeah, we become like God, divinized in the Eucharist. And then we go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Right. Thanks be to God. So I don't know. It's it's an exciting sort of thing to revel in the past and also to, to just take note interiorly that he's not done with us. He's doing great work. But I, I think that's a great place for us to start it. A great little reflection on, on our own experience over the last few days and just to see that um, the, the Lord isn't done with his church. The Lord is not done with his church. And I think that's an important thing for us to lean into, especially as young Christians, um, because there's so much division and there's so much pain in the world. Uh, but Christ is is here, and he's still king. Amen. Amen. Well, on that note, what's your recommendation for the week? We
1: haven't... We haven't... We haven't done a podcast in a long time.
0: Yeah. Um, My recommendation is uh, to find a new place to read. Mm. So I just moved to a new town. Right. And so I've been obviously trying to find new coffee shops, new restaurants. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to find a place where you can turn off. And this is something you recommended to me a few weeks ago. To take on my day off to just find a place to, to set up shop and read, get a nice little cup of java, and just kind of sit in an atmosphere that's conducive to reflection right not just like uh hitting your chapel that's good too but to find some place where you can just kind of rest and relax in a calm sort of manner so, so find a nice coffee shop get a cup of jav and uh read a book find a dang coffee shop do it there's a lot of good ones around uh, everywhere yeah something other than starbucks
1: at the- starbucks is so loud Right. And Starbucks is hit and miss with the actual coffee shop itself. Like, sometimes there's comfy chairs and a cafe atmosphere. Sometimes it's
0: like one bar stool and then 17 teenagers screaming. Right. Yeah. Yeah, they're all ordering, you know. The stuff that I order. Right. Yeah. The old old funnel cake frappuccino. Yeah.
1: Funnel cake frappuccino. Yeah. At state fairs and at Starbucks.
0: Right. Do you have a favorite uh, coffee shop where you live?
1: Yeah, in Saint Charles, I think it's pronounced Arcedium. I think I pronounced it Arcadium. I, I, I've been for there, a while. that's a nice place. Arcedium is a good place. Yeah, there, there's a there's a good mix of like comfy chairs, regular chairs, stools, that. bar. It's, it's it's a great coffee shop. I love that.
0: Well good man. Well it's been a joy to kind of uh, to reflect back.
1: Yeah, nostalgic together. Nostalgic. Space Jam. With as
0: much uh, time as we take between these podcasts, there's there's nostalgia to the last time we recorded an episode.
1: (laughs) Then we move forward. We move forward.
0: Crisis here. What's the over-under you put the Space Jam theme song in in this podcast at some place? Ah, we'll see what we can do. Uh, If I can rip it off the internet someplace. (laughs) Legally, of course. Right, legally ripping it off. Right, well, 30, 30 seconds or less, right? Isn't that the rule? You
1: know, I don't know. I've heard that. I don't know if that's the case. We'll uh, we'll Google search it.
0: I think you have a blessed day. We get to go to Mass now and and enjoy a little uh, Iggy. That's right. Good. God bless you, Nick. See you, Father.